0: what's fertility podcast. We are so excited today. We have Katie with us with unexplained infertility turned PCOS and tubal factor. We are so excited to have you here and just hear your whole journey. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, like I said, we're just going to kind of get right into it. And what we do is we're just going to let you share your story. So oh, man. let's hear it. Yes. So um, my
1: husband and I started trying shortly after we got married in December of 2018. Um, funny thing is our honeymoon, we kind of pushed it back after the wedding and I was adamant that I did not want to remove my IUD until after, because I was convinced we were going to get pregnant in like one month. Um, what's <laughs> I all that. About that now, three years later. Um, so in April, like April, the very beginning of April um, 2019, we took out my IUD, started trying right away. I am that super type A person. So I was immediately doing like the test strips and temping because I was, you know, I don't know. I was on the apps and listening to all the people's conversations and learning. So we jumped right in with that and I was just
2: what? like, you're, gonna, you're okay. gonna like make it happen. Like, I, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, a I was factor, yeah, oh,
1: yeah, I'm a control freak. So I was like, we, this is happening and we are gonna do this quickly. Um, yeah, I remember being in May doing the test strips and like the body temping, and everything was pointing to me ovulating. So I was like, all okay. good, maybe a little yeah. bit. Um, and then you know, time went by, it had been six months nine months I was ovulating. So I thought every month and we just weren't getting pregnant, weren't getting pregnant. And, um, it was starting, you know, starting to get harder and more emotionally difficult. And then finally, everybody was like, okay, well, your year mark is coming up. Just go see the doctor. And our year mark was March,
0: 2020.
1: Oh, my <laughs> uh, things got weird really fast. And we oh were God. like, yeah, we like went to the doctor and they were like, or I contacted them. They're like, well, we're not seeing, um, people for this, So just keep trying. And, um, it was like, Aww. okay. Uh, so at this point I was like, emotionally, a complete hot mess. And, uh, I asked them, I was like, well, what do you, what would you guys normally do? And they said, we would usually do, you know, the cycle day three blood work, uh, and HSG and the semen analysis. So okay. I was like, okay, can I do any of it? And they let us do the blood work. So I went in, I think I got FSH, TSH and estradiol and everything was normal. And they're like, well, you're ovulating. So just keep trying and keep calling every month with cycle day one. And if we're scheduling, we'll let you do it. And every month I would call and they would... <laughs> say no, we're not scheduling it. I think we finally, I didn't get an HSG, but they let me get a FemView, which is like the Saline Sano. And I think, I I think that, that was in June.
2: Okay. And do you, Katie, what state do you live
1: in? I live in Michigan.
2: Okay. Ooh, that's yeah. where um, my embryos are
0: from. My little I boy. know. I remember,
1: I remember, I remember hearing that and I was like, oh,
0: Michigan is like now forever my favorite state. So anytime says Michigan, I'm like, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Michigan. I remember hearing that in another episode and I was like, it's exciting. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you got that in June of 2020, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I got it in June and, uh, they were like, well, the right one looks good. The left one, we weren't sure. And that's kind of what they said. They were like, we're not sure
0: if you're not sure then um, I really am not sure. <laughs> I was like, well, what does that mean? We're not yeah. sure.
1: Uh, and they're like, well, just go home and keep trying. Cause you're ovulating and everything's fine. And, uh, that was, I, I think I lied. I think I said that was July. I think it was June. Um, and then in July, they finally let us do the semen analysis. Normal. Yeah. Everything was normal. So cool. Except for maybe something with the tube. we didn't know. And, um, so we were gearing up to do, actually, no, they wouldn't, they didn't even want me to do Clomid yet. Cause they were like, you're ovulating. Everything's fine.
2: Even after a year, there was like no intervention.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was, yeah, this was over a year or two at this point and everything was normal. And finally I like begged my doctor. I was like, "Will you, is there a way you can prove that I'm ovulating? Actually, let's be honest. I probably knew at that time because I was like a total control freak. And I think I knew that my progesterone, you know, so I was like begging him to draw it on cycle day 21. And he's like, you're ovulating, you're getting these positive tests. You're definitely ovulating. And I would get really very positive.
2: That's what I was going to ask. Cause like, I feel like sometimes it's hard when you do those OPKs and it's like, it's dark, but is it, you know, and did you ever. Did you use oh, the yeah. ones
0: where it was like in the app and it would say yep. like, Peak. see, I never did that, but I was
1: like, I probably should. Cause
2: I don't. Really I know. still, yeah, I still log my periods in that app. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did the digital ones. Like the one that had like the smiley face.
0: Yeah. Well, I did those I, too. But, yeah. Cause I, I was like, I don't want to trust myself reading lines. So yeah. let me have it actually tell me smiley face flashing or what have you, but anyway.
1: Yeah. I know. Well, I was doing the the temping too. and that I struggled with because I was like I would always get out of bed and forget about it and be like, "Oh shoot, I just messed it yeah. up." It's a
0: full-time um, job. It is. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't have time for that. Yes. Um so I was using the strips and they I it you know, it gets to the point especially when you've been trying for that long where it would I would be like, I can't go to the bathroom without doing it. You know, like I, every time I would go to the bathroom and every time I would drink water, I'd be like, okay, I can't drink too much because I can't dilate my <laughs> P yep. tumor. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah.
1: I was, it was controlling my life doing those. And um, so finally I went to him and I said, can you please just do my progesterone on cycle day 21? He's like, I fought with him, like nicely fought with him, but I was like, no, please just do it. Like my insurance will cover it. Or if they don't, I'll pay for it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, fine. And it just so happened. I was cycle like, well, day 20 when we had that conversation. And, um, so I went back the next day and my progesterone, I, forget, I don't know what the units were, but it came back at, uh, two.
2: Oh, that's low.
1: Yeah. And he was like, he called me and he was like baffled. He was like, you said you got a positive thing this month, OK, this month. And I was like, yeah, I did. But he's like, when was that? And I was like a week ago and it was a two. So he made me come back in the next day and it was did lower. You,
2: did you feel so like, told you so? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I did. it. I was <laughs> like, I had. I, yeah, because
1: I was like, I was convinced at this point. I am the type of person that I like was reading and listening to, you know, reading articles and Googling and, and my husband's like, you're just freaking yourself out. And I'm like, okay, but now look, look yeah. at what I, <laughs> at what I it. did.
2: Clearly you have to be your own advocate. Cause they would have just yeah. kept letting you go.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, I feel like that's something that has come up with us so many times, um, especially with the hydro stuff later, um, that I really had to push for so much of what we have found out. Um so yeah I went back the next day and it was lower and he was like okay I guess you didn't ovulate that's super weird um let's do clomid <laughs>
2: And do you know Katie, like what number? Cause I don't, is it like over seven or over 10? Like what number are you supposed to use? (laughs) I have
1: heard. So my OB and my RE, everybody has a different number. And it's funny because I've asked on my stories, this question so many times, my OB used to say he wanted it above 15 because I was medicated, but my RE says above four. Huh. I have What's no idea. The
2: difference. Wow. Well, well I I mean, I'm not glad it was yeah. below four for you, but at least it wasn't like four and then right. you, you've still been kind of stuck. Okay. So you started right. Clomid like a year and a half after.
1: Well, yeah. So now we're in like August. So we're pushing a year and a half. And I remember that month I took it, I was on the lowest dose, I took it. And my psych, I had my progesterone and it was like 25. I ovulated. I was so happy. I Of course, I was like, I'm pregnant. Uh, I wasn't. (laughs) And that's okay. Cause I was like, okay, that's fine. Next month for sure. And um, we did it again, same dose. And I didn't even ovulate that second month. And I, I remember we were like at a, at like a barbecue or something. We were outside at somebody's house. And I remember listening to the voicemail and just getting up, walking to the car. And by the time I got to the car, I was just sobbing. (laughs) <laughs> and thinking, like, oh my God, I didn't ovulate that is like the worst news ever. Yeah,
0: especially because you already went that year and a half of like fighting for this and then you yeah. get the moment. And so now you're just thinking, okay, this is going to be like smooth Easy sailing. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that next, that second month, gosh, that's so frustrating. I'm so
1: yeah, sorry yeah, I, was, I was so pissed. um I mean, since then, there's been, you know, yes. more <laughs> moments where I'm like, oh, I wish that was what was happening, but whatever. So the next month, um, the next month is when things like started getting weird, they upped the dose. So I was on, I can't even remember the colomid doses are by fifties, right? I actually, I I I was I yeah, I didn't
2: do Clomid, but I know so many of our listeners mm-hmm. are like in that, in the stage you're talking about right now, where yeah. they've done like one or two cycles of Clomid. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're sharing this because they're like, well, why didn't it work? Like I, should I just do IVF? And I'm like, well, yeah. it's going to take a couple cycles. Like, you know, <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> right.
1: Oh yeah. I was like the medicated cycle queen last year.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: so over it. Um, But yeah, so the last one we went up. I can't remember the dosages of Pluma because it's been so long. But it, we went up to like the second dose, um, and it was October of 2020. And I, I remember my progesterone was high. It was like above 20. And it's like it's kind of weird in my memory. I don't remember a ton, but I remember my parents were here, and it was like the week before Halloween, a couple of days after my progesterone test, and we were going to go up to dinner. And my mom was like, I, I remember saying I wanted to drink. So my mom was like, well, you better take a pregnancy test. Cause at this point, everybody knew, you know that we were trying um, and I took it and it was negative. It's like, okay, I'm not pregnant. So that night my mom and I had some glasses of wine. We had, you know, had a great time. Half <laughs> <Hop>
0: in bottles. Half
1: in bottles. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then the crazy thing is I got what I thought was my period. Um, looking back, it was like lighter. I've always had like a really short cycle, kind of a short period, light period. And, um, I got what I thought was my period looking back. It was like maybe 24 hours and kind of light. So I was like, okay, well, Cloma didn't work. So I reached out to my RE and she had me do blood work for baselines. And I did all this blood work for her scheduled my HSG, all this stuff. And I was looking at my results that night while I was doing parent-teacher conferences because I'm a teacher. Um, and it was virtual because, you know, it was 2020. So, that. <laughs> so I'm like at parent-teacher conferences looking at my stuff and all of a sudden my beta comes up as 29. And I was like, what? What?
2: Oh. <laughs> and I you're like um I'm pregnant are yeah. you like are you like on video right now or was it like in between conferences
1: it was in between but I was like losing my mind like I went and like peed in a cup and had a little pee cup like right next to me and I was like just <laughs> test after <laughs> test at it. Oh my gosh.
2: Okay. <laughs> I relate <laughs> to that so well because like I'd be working and I would get my beta call like in between work meetings and it would either be great or horrendous and like you just you can't focus you're done no you're done. Okay. Like, I don't even remember what I said. I was probably like, everything's great. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah.
1: awesome. go. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I remember I just had like a little peacup and I was just dipping. I just did like five tests, like rapid fire because I was like, this, this, what? Um, yeah. And they were all positive. And obviously 29 is a low beta, but I was like, oh, well, I'm pregnant. The hard part's yeah. over, you know? Yeah. Um, so I went back in. I can't remember what the numbers were, but my beta was going up. And it was still pretty low, but it was doubling. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. Um
2: how many times? Cause like uh that's so hard too, because you're like, well, how far really am I? And so you said it doubled a few times and then it just
1: it just stopped. I wanna say it doubled maybe three times.
2: Wow. I don't know
1: why they kept having me come back.
2: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, cuz normally, I mean, my two experiences, well, two experiences where it doubled, it was like 24 and 66, and then they're like, "Okay, you're done." And I'm like, "Oh, I probably should have done that like, a few more times." Right.
1: I know mine was like it was like 29 and then 90. I think maybe the third one was like maybe on the cusp. And so they were like, "Okay, we'll do one oh, more." Right. And then it and then it was and then that was the bad one.
2: But like by that point, you've now been pregnant for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I, I had known for, I think a week and a half. Yeah. I think.
2: Which and, um, too long to know you're pregnant and ha- you know, like, it's just like, okay.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I was a mess. And like, we didn't tell anybody, um, Jake came home that night and he was going immediately up North cause he's a hunter. Um, and it was, you know, hunting season. And I was like, I'm going to tell him when he comes home on Sunday. And he came home and I just looked at him. And I was like, I'm pregnant.
2: <laughs> isn't it doesn't infertility just kind of like take some of it away because you're just like hey I'm Hold pregnant on. and like you see these like cute little oh I told my husband this like now no, oh, like no. and oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I was like screaming mm, I'm pregnant
1: I was in shock Just like, I'm pregnant um so yeah that was weird <laughs> um and you know I was like I went from being you know so so happy so excited so hopeful so like oh all of this is behind us To learning what a chemical pregnancy was (laughs) and being devastated. And it's funny, like I think that cycle is actually the cycle that I started my Instagram account. Um and it my beta is annoying as this is, I think it only ever got up to like 190, took eight weeks to drop down to zero.
2: Are you serious? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: my goodness. First of all, can you talk about, cause I don't think we actually talked about this on the podcast. Can you talk about how they track and trend after you start to drop? Because some people, they physicians don't do that. So I'm really glad they did that. For yeah. You.
1: yeah. So at first they had me come back, you know, 48 hours and then it started dropping and then it was dropping slowly. So they were like, okay, come back in a week. And so I was just getting a blood draw every weekend. And it was, it somehow fell at Saturdays at like 7am. Of course. So for like five Saturdays in a row at 7 a.m. I was going to the fertility clinic to get my blood drawn. I remember it was like two weeks before Christmas when it was finally, I found out I was pregnant the day before Halloween and two weeks before Christmas, I was finally not pregnant again. Oh
2: my gosh. So the whole holiday season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was clearly a hot mess. That
2: and I terrible. think like, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause like chem- when people say chemical pregnancy, they think it's like, Oh, a few days, but like mm-hmm. e- in any, in a lot of situations, it can really drag.
1: Right. Like realistically, like the happiness. Yes. That lasted a few days, but the experience itself was almost two months.
2: Yeah like um, my first pregnancy we didn't i i thought everything was fine and i like quickly was like oh i just like want some reassurance and my physician was like we'll just do a beta like then you'll feel great and so even at like 5ish weeks it was only 217 so probably right. similar to you it probably maybe had gotten a little it probably already started to fall right and it was similar to you i mean it didn't take 8 weeks to drop but it took over a week or two to like really start to fall right And that's
0: so interesting. So like for mine, when I had my miscarriage, they never like checked my like numbers again. So I just bled for two months straight. It was horrible. And I just kept bleeding. So like, we didn't actively try again because I was like bleeding, but but I never got, they never tested me again until like, honestly, it was maybe three and a half months later that they then winded up doing blood work, but they didn't trend down at all.
2: Yes, you know. so different
0: how Like every physician does it differently. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Like it sounds yeah. like you had some really good doctors on your side. For sure. Yeah.
1: They were awesome. And you know what the best part about it was I wasn't even really their patient yet. Like I had right? just started. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was doing baselines when I found all of this and you know, I, they, they didn't know me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So finally, you know, we had like Christmas, our anniversary is December 29th. So that was, that was really sad because um, of course, like everybody else, like the second I found out I was pregnant, I look up the due date and you know, they, oh. when you look it up, there's like the timeline and our 12 week, you know, quote unquote, safe point was our anniversary.
0: Oh, um, oh, I and think- I was
1: like, I was like, so sad. I was like, how am I going to get through our anniversary? Our due date was 4th of July. Um, and then somebody else actually ended up having the same exact due date as me, like in my husband's family. I know, <laughs> I
2: can just um, relate her? to all of this. Yeah. yeah like one of my closest friends was due at the same time I was, and she's now had her daughter. Um, but it's just, I get it. Oh
1: my God. And now, oh yeah. Like she has, you know, her son now and I, I, you know, i I have no ill will or ill feelings or anything, but at the time I remember the day I found out I was just like
0: devastated.
2: Yeah. You know? As you should. And be. I feel
0: like so many people can relate to that too, because that happens all the time of like someone you know in your family or someone who just gets pregnant when you know and so gosh and this was
1: also you know during 2020 I swear everybody I know had a baby in 2020 oh
0: swear.
1: Yeah. yeah and everybody was like oh we couldn't stay apart you know we couldn't social distance I'm like oh my god like
2: I wish yeah you took the words out of my mouth actually the person I was talking about was like we don't really want kids but we were just bored I was like right
1: Cool. Like, well, we were spending a lot of time together. I'm like, oh my God. I couldn't spend more time with my husband. We were literally working. <laughs> really guys oh my God. I was so annoyed. Um, So yeah, then it was January of 2021. And I got, I finally got my HSG almost a year later. <laughs> um,
0: That's crazy. Uh, and I had to
1: redo all my baselines because I was technically pregnant when I had the first ones. And my HSG, they... And I feel like this is another point where like things start to get weird, like red flags. But at the time I didn't see them because I didn't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they did the HSG and the right tube was open. Everything was like good. And the left tube was blocked, like for sure. They were like, okay, it's for sure blocked. I was like, okay. And I never looked at the pictures. I was just like, okay, like the people looking at these mm-hmm. of course know what they're looking for, you know? and they just said it was blocked and I went on my way and I remember again that was a moment where I went to my car and it was sobbing and I was like this is the worst news ever I have a black tube
0: were they letting your husband because I know with COVID like they didn't let spouses in a lot so you had to do this by yourself
2: yeah yeah. a whole
0: other factor to that he's never been to any of my appointments in three years
2: Oh my God. Oh, so I feel crazy. like South Carolina, because Amanda's in North Carolina and it was a lot stricter, but like South Carolina, that's why I asked where you lived. Nothing I yeah. put on hold. I mean, my husband was at everything for <laughs> everything. I know.
1: Yeah. No, Michigan is still, I mean, even still, even still, I have to, I mean, and, you know, everybody's different, but I'm still, you know, having to wear a mask to the appointments. I still can't take anybody. Still.
0: Oh. That is so frustrating. Just like going through infertility stuff. Anyway, you want your, your spouse there because it's so isolating and I mean, it's emotional and traumatizing. It's scary and so you do it by yourself, yeah. Right.
1: I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with like surgery, he, I want to say, Okay, well, okay, that's I'm getting ahead of myself.
2: Okay, um, you had a block tube and they basically sent you on your way and you're like, great. Yeah, sent me
1: on my way, but they're like, um, you can still get pregnant. This doesn't affect your fertility. Um, we know you're not ovulating, whatever. So in February, that was my first medicated cycle. Um, and I was doing letrozole with a trigger shot because we knew I wasn't ovulating. And I remember at that point, like I was excited, just like I was with Clomid. I was like, okay, this is it. This is our quick fix. Our doctors were like, you're, you know, the, the, the chemical was a fluke. Um, it happens. Um, you don't ovulate. We just got to get you to ovulate and we'll be good. Like they were like, this will work for you. So I did a medicated cycle in February. I did one in March and I did one in April. Um, and then I started like my, my, my May cycle started in the end of April. So starting my fourth one, no pregnancy yet. Um, and then at the very end of April last year, and I'm like, have to be like careful. I don't want to like give too much of this person's information away. Um, somebody really close to me was diagnosed with cancer, um, close enough that my doctors and his doctors wanted me to get a colonoscopy. It was colon cancer. Um, we had to, cause we had to stop, we had to stop trying. Um, so we started that cycle. I took the letrozole, but we had to say like, okay, we're not trying in May. Um, because I had to, at the urging of my doctors and this person's doctors, I had to get a colonoscopy, which I ended up getting in June and everything was fine with me, but like my husband and I had to like weigh that and say, you know. Um, do we want to take the risk that, you know, I could potentially have something, you know, going on as well um, or, you know, maybe risk like getting pregnant, having a pregnancy and then doing it or just do it now. And so we were like, okay, we'll wait, we'll do it now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so that we were off for May and June, and then we did July, August, September, October, medicated cycles. So our first month back in July,
0: about you being the queen of medicated cycles I've done oh 10 God. medicated
2: cycles oh my gosh we had we haven't yeah we did we've aired Sarah Sarah did seven and we thought that was a lot yeah I know I remember hearing that and I was like I feel you girl <laughs> like I
1: gotcha <laughs> yeah I did seven letrozole and three clomid, and um just... well I don't know I guess one of them doesn't count because like the May 1 we were like we kind of didn't, I don't know.
2: What's the difference? I feel silly. What's the difference between Clomid and letrozole? Cause I heard when you said you did medicated cause you weren't ovulating, like is Clomid, yeah. what's the difference?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're both, you know, drugs that are used for like the same thing, I guess. Um, they do, they do it different ways, but they get you to ovulate. Um, Clomid, I just reacted really poorly to, I was, you know, people always talk about Clomid crazies and I was the poster child for that. Oh I just had really bad side effects and I, it made me really sick. So I know they also said people with PCOS tend to do better on letrozole. Um, and at the time I've always kind of been like a, does she, or doesn't she with the PCOS? Like my doctors, mm. like my tests don't show it, but my doctors are like, maybe you do, sure. but I like don't have the symptoms. It's a, it's a whole back and forth.
0: That's a, um, frustrating.
1: Where.
2: We're on you're like you said you in like, July, we did all these the letrozole cycles oh yeah
1: equaling up We're to right October. Yeah. So it's July 2021 now. And we did our letrozole It was like our first one back after two months off because of the, you know, colon colonoscopy. Um and they call me with my beta, and I just remember it, like that day I was. I was stressing it and I was like I don't even want to know what it is it's going to be negative I don't want it to be negative but I don't want it to be positive because that's also terrifying Mm -hmm. um and they call back and it was seven. they were like um expect another chemical um come back in 48 hours bye (laughs) you're
2: like I don't even want to come back
1: yeah and oddly enough i go home and my husband was about to go up north again and i just remember being in the driveway and it was like so matter of fact i just remember hugging him and he was going up north and he was like did you get your phone call and i said yeah and he was like well, what did they say and i it's like we're pregnant but it's a seven and he i just remember he was just like do you want me to stay home and i was like no it's okay have a great weekend bye
2: oh my God. oh no Ugh
1: so hard.
2: It's so hard. I can, I just seriously relate so much. Like anytime after I would get pregnant, even after that first loss, I was like, cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this is.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And at this point I was frustrated because it was the same thing. It was a low beta early loss again. Um, but I'm like, you know, we've waited so long. We've put so much on hold. Like, let's just keep going. Excited. Something at my face. sorry oh i got it it was a piece of hair on my face
0: um
1: so we keep going um august didn't get pregnant september didn't get pregnant october we were like so so hopeful didn't get pregnant um and in october i remember i got my hair done and this girl who's been doing my hair for a hundred years was like your hair is like thinning and it's like falling out she's like what's going on and I'm like because I had started steroids and everything and I was just and I was like miserable I feel like I had gained 10 pounds I was bloated I felt like crap my hair was falling out and I just remember coming home and looking at my husband being like I can't do this anymore I can't do anymore and our original plan was to do for the rest of the year and then like decide but I just came home and I was like I can't I cannot do this yeah yeah it was just, I don't know, like the constant medications, no breaks,
2: back just- to back to back, yeah. which is like with IVF or well, maybe not IV- IUI, but like you get a break. I mean, you have to, like, right. for, you have to have yeah. a little bit of a break, but medicated, I guess you just keep going you and going, keep going and going.
1: Right. Like, I don't want to discount. I've obviously not done IVF yet, but I was like, I, I know it's harder. I know it's more drugs. I know it's more money. I know it's intense, but I, I need a break. And I
2: mean, I think all, to every, every individual medicated cycle, IUI, I think it's all different and it's all extremely mm-hmm. hard.
1: Right. Absolutely. And then like, there was always like that conversation of like the magical number of like three cycles. If something doesn't work after three cycles, you have to move on. And we kept, I kept talking to my PA and she was like, well, there's nothing really else we can do. She's like, you can do IUI, but she's like, with medicated cycles, I was on, I was on the, um oh my gosh, I can't think of it. The antihistamine protocol.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was on steroids and I was on progesterone support. She's like, really, unless you want to do IUI or switch back to clomid, there's not really a lot of options for medicated cycles. Like we've kind of tapped out.
0: <laughs> Which is so frustrating because you're yeah. like, I want to keep trying other things, but this yeah. clearly has not been working.
1: Right. And we were like, we can't just do the same thing forever because yeah. odds are it's probably not going to work for us.
2: Well, it's expensive, and like you said, you were done.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. And we had decided not to do IUI because um, medicated cycles weren't working. And I know IUI isn't like that much of a boost in mm-hmm. success rates. Um, and we don't have male factor infertility, so I feel like the boost we would have gotten like wouldn't have really benefited us. So we just were like, we're going to do IVF last October.
0: Okay. Um. So then did you take, cause obviously now we're in March. So. <laughs> so what happened between then and now? So
1: in October, it was like mid-October. I was like, okay, we all know me. I'm a control freak. I am not going to do well with waiting and not trying. So we were like, you know what? Let's do whole 30 because you know, everybody always talks about the gluten-free, dairy-free, like being good yeah. for your food. Yeah. Um, so we were like, okay, well, let's do that like as a cleanse because again, I was feeling terrible. Um, I was like, I just need to like do something to like kickstart making my body feel good again and like get ready for IBS. So we do that. And I remember on October 30th, we were at the Michigan, Michigan State game. Um, my husband is a Michigan fan. I'm a Michigan State fan. And I just remember being there oh, at the tailgate okay. that day. And I remember cramping. And I remember being like, Isn't it funny? Like, wouldn't it be funny if I was ovulating right now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> You're like, We got to find some space. It's
1: like, let's go somewhere right now. <laughs> no, no, I was the opposite. Cause I was like, We are doing IVF. Like, we have decided, you know what I mean? I was that the opposite. Was, I get it. Yes. Yeah. I totally get that. But at this point, I was like, wouldn't that be funny if I was ovulating? Like that'd be funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it comes to a point where I feel like you have to laugh, or otherwise you're just like gonna cry. So, yes, like, I just like, not, like,
1: Yeah, I remember being like, "What? What is that?" Because I know it's not ovulation. I don't know what it is, but when then we were like, you know, we went about our day, had fun, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I'm waiting for my period so that I can start, you know, birth control and baselines for IVF and. <sighs> And, you know, I'm like waiting and it's one of those moments. And I feel like I've heard this on the podcast where like, I'm usually so on top of it. I'm very regular. I always know when my period's going to be here. And then it was just one of those moments where I was like, huh, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like I had gone to the gym that morning and I came home and I was about to get in the shower and I took a pregnancy test and it was positive.
2: And at this point, you're probably yeah. like, what, what does, I don't know how to feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> because you're
2: immediately excited, but then at the exact same time you're excited, you're terrified.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you also don't want like, if it, if it doesn't work, like it has in the past, like you don't want it then to postpone even more your IVF cycle either. Me, yeah, yeah. That was immediately my thought. And yeah. you know, what's funny is immediately my thought too was like,
1: this is annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you, I was like, what do you
0: mean?
2: I, I, yeah, Katie, I got pregnant um, with a chemical in June of 2021 and we were supposed to start IVF the next day. Literally, I got a test on a Saturday and we were, we're supposed to start birth control on Sunday. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? And you're like, okay, does this mean I'm not supposed to do IVF or is this going to what's going to happen?
1: Yeah. I was like, this is, okay. this is annoying. I'm like, we have, we tried for how long naturally and never got pregnant. We decide to do IVF. And of course I'm also annoyed too, because people are always like, you know, there's always people who decide that they're going to do IVF and get pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be that person. And people are (laughs) going to that to other people. Yes,
2: Yes. exactly. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you're, you get the third, the third positive pregnancy. test.
1: Yes. So, um, so I, it was Saturday morning and I like immediately call my doctor and I'm like, I'm coming in. And it wasn't even my RE. It was my like primary care. I was like, I think I'm pregnant. I need a blood test. <laughs> so I like go in and they draw it. And it was 67.
2: So, okay, it was, so now it's the highest still standard. low, but,
1: but for me, it was high.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was like, super excited, but trying to like, you know, like as, as many times, you know, as this, we've gotten excited before it didn't pan out. So, um, I didn't tell my husband this time. And I got my second beta and it was 171. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is crazy.
0: It's crazy. Yeah.
1: So excited. So then I, I was like taking tests, you know, around the clock because when you go through this, I don't know if it's the infertility or if it's the losses. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But like, I just feel like I just need that constant reassurance of knowing that I know
0: Kat, and I, Kat and I both took pregnancy tests every single day. And we watch <sighs> the crap out of those lines to see if they're darkening, if they're lightening. Oh, we were, we get it. Totally. Oh my
1: God. I must've taken 20 pregnancy tests. <laughs> and <laughs> so I finally tell my husband and we got like excited because they were dark. Like I even got, you know, the quote unquote dye stealer, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Cause my beta was, you know, not that high. So I was going to go in for one more The third beta was 176. Mm. So it
2: like didn't
1: even move. Yeah, it didn't do anything. Um, And I was I remember that time like this in July I was the second one I was like, well we kind of expected this, Um, but this one I was we really thought like we really thought. um, And I remember I was driving home from work when I got the call. I pulled into my driveway and at this point I share like in I was sharing like very openly on my stories. Mm-hmm. Um and I like hadn't even processed it yet. <laughs> I just pulled into my driveway. I'm sitting in my car and I just made a story about how I just found out we were pregnant and then that we weren't and I'm like crap it's a it's it's a mess. It's still on there, but
2: I'm going to find you now that I know the real I know, girl right. Handle. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's just, all
2: Yeah, for everybody listening that your handle <laughs> is infertile girl problems, right? Yes. Okay we'll link it in the blog
1: post. Yeah. So I remember I I pulled in and I immediately just like shut down, which that is one thing that is so nice about like the Instagram community is there's so much support. I was like inundated with messages. I think people were like FaceTiming me and
2: it is so oh, nice. It's is. like people have had the same story or they, they just care. And like mine, I'm unique. Cause like, I feel like I just use my personal one that I turned into huh. kind of a whatever. And so you, you just get like, the, it's weird. Cause you get like all the people that are into infertility and then you get like the guys you went to high school with that are like, what the hell is this <laughs> girl talking about? What is this? That's so oh funny. My
1: God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, I mean, and I feel like For me, when, when all of this happens, like that first day is always the hardest. Um, And then I feel like I go into like beta drop mode, you know, like, okay, we're waiting for this to drop. And I kind of just like shut down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it dropped and you know, now we're back into that thing where we're gonna track it down to zero and we're dropping it, dropping it. And then finally it's like right before Thanksgiving, I got my beta that morning. I get in the car, we're driving to Philadelphia to do thanksgiving with my brother um and they call me we're like outside of we're about an hour away from where i live they call me and they're like your beta went back up (laughs) i'm like what "What?" they were like you need to come back in 48 hours i'm like i'm leaving the state right now yeah what do you mean (laughs) of course it's a holiday weekend they're like um well when you get there in 48 hours you need to go to the emergency room and get an ultrasound and get a beta
2: Were they thinking like maybe ectopic or? Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. They were like, we're worried that you're having an ectopic pregnancy. So you need to go to the ER while you're out there. (laughs) I'm like.
2: And and you're just like, mm -hmm. look, like I gave up. I stopped trying. This is, this is innocently happening to me. And now it's turning into like the most intense of all, all of them. Yeah.
1: Yep. And the funniest thing was like in October, I was like, oh, well, we'll be, we'll do a retrieval in December. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. so now it's thanksgiving i go in and you know they're like I, we you know we go to the er the day after thanksgiving they do the beta they do the ultrasound of course they can't see anything because my beta is so low and my beta goes down so i'm like okay it's back down it's not ectopic we're good yeah um since then i've heard you know like different labs obviously have different you know Levels. I, I'm. Oh, that's so. you guys? This is
2: such a tangent, but how, are you guys following like the Theranos story or anything about Theranos?
1: No. no.
2: So, anyways, I'm not gonna go into it, but everybody probably knows Theranos was this like lab company where they decided it, it was a startup. Long story short, they were doing HCG draws on them, and they were just giving ran, g- women random numbers because it was like inaccurate data. And this woman had had reoccurrent loss, and anyways, if you haven't watched it, it's Theranos um, on I think it's on Hulu, and then there's also a podcast called The Dropout. It's oh insane. And this poor I'm woman, sick, sick, sick. same thing, Katie was going up, down, up, down, up, down. She ended up having the baby, but it was all just like false HCG results. Okay, oh anyways, God. that
1: is crazy. I'm like you gonna to look it up immediately. You and have
2: to,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm watching that tonight.
1: Yeah, so it goes down, and we're like, okay, we're in the clear, whatever. We go home my Doctor's like, well, well, I still want to trend you down to zero. So I go back and my beta went back up.
2: <laughs> Maybe you were on a Theranos lab. <laughs> I was right? That's oh, why wow. like
1: that is one that really
2: went.
1: Down, <laughs> like that one that went down was the only one I didn't get at the same lab as the other ones.
2: Interesting.
1: So I'm like, I don't really know. Yeah. Um
2: this is so how then, like,
1: I go back two days later, it goes up again.
2: But <laughs> are you still like when it's going up and down still like in the 200 range, like one
1: 200 range? uh no it was less than 100
2: Jeez. and it wasn't
1: doubling it was going from like 88 to 95 it, so w- it what was
0: what are they saying what are they like what are they saying to you
1: they were like well we don't I mean I feel like everybody kind of is like it's ectopic but we can't see it because it's so it's low it's so
2: small yeah
1: um and we did one more it was 111 And my doctor finally was like, look, it's almost December. You need to do methotrexate. Um, We couldn't do a DNC because they had no idea where it was. It was so small. They couldn't see it. They were like, we're pretty sure it's in your tube. Your betas are reflective of an ectopic. Um, You should do the methotrexate so that you can like
2: move on and move on. And you already had some tubal issues at this point, which I think is makes it a little bit more common to have an ectopic.
1: Yeah. Like we knew before, um, IVF, we wanted to do another HSG because we were like, there was so much, like, everybody was kind of just questionable about that tube. Um, but we never suspected what it turned out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did the methotrexate. It was hard on me, but it was only bad for like a week
2: is that um, um injectable or is it
1: yeah yeah okay like in your head area yeah it was like in yeah it was like my upper like my hip but in the back
2: right?
1: yeah um I went I had to like go pick it up at the hospital and then take it to my doctor's office and they were like <laughs> they just oh my did it for goodness. me but then you know it, it dropped right away I think like the first one goes back up and then it drops um So now we're in December and I'm like, well, I originally wanted to do a retrieval in December, but that's not happening. And after doing methotrexate, we had to wait three months.
2: Oh my. So we're, we're like, like now, like where we're at now. Oh, that's so frustrating. I know being type A and wanting to control it and be like, I was controlling this and I freaking got pregnant and it was this. I know.
1: And I remember thinking in October when we decided to do IVF, somebody was like, um, just remember you're going to make a plan and assume the plan's going to go wrong.
2: Mm. And I'm like,
1: that is the story of, like, we, we decided to do it six months ago and we still haven't done it. Yeah.
2: Story of my life too. I get it. Oh my goodness.
1: So I was like, okay, during those three months, I'm going to get everything knocked off the checklist. Yep. Um, we had another semen analysis. We did the DNA fragmentation. Jake got a karyotype, Jake, my husband. Um, I had already, you know, had the karyotype. I had to get, you know, a pap. I had to get all this stuff. So we were just like knocking all this stuff off. Um, and then in January I was like, I'm going to get another HSG because we, you know, we want to know about this too. So I got, I got it and it was definitely blocked. Um, but this time I like actually looked at the film last time I didn't. Um, and I, I like snuck a picture and they made me delete it. But I, before I snuck it, I was like, what is that? Well, I was like, what is that thing on there? Um, and there's, I mean, there's even pictures of it on my Instagram. Of course. I'm like, <laughs> I have no boundaries there. I like immediately posted it. And I was like, does anybody know what this is? Oh, um,
0: same thing. Yeah.
1: And like, nobody really knew. So then I'm like Googling and I found these pictures on Google of like a normal HSG blocked tubes and hydrosal pinks
0: Mm.
1: and obviously again like I I'm taking it all with a grain of salt because I know it's on Google yeah I'm like I'm just trying to figure out what this is and the one that was hydrosal pinks looked a lot like what my x-ray looked like so I immediately was like I need to see the films from last year (laughs) so I called the hospital I go get the films from last year and I look at them and you can
0: see it there too
2: that's so and good. And no doctor
0: likes even suggested that. Mm-mm.
2: Is this, are you at the same clinic for both of the times you did the HSG?
1: Yeah.
2: What does it look like? So I, and I shared this on the last episode, we haven't, we haven't um, aired it yet, but when I first went to the very first clinic, they immediately were like, oh, I think you have a hydrosulfings in one of your tubes, which I'll let you explain it and kind of how yeah. it can cause recurrent loss or just loss in general. But does it look different?
1: So like my right side, you can tell is open because there's like the spillage, you know, like you can see that there's fluid all over it. You can yeah. tell it, you know. The left side, there's no spillage. And then there's just this like black anomaly on the screen that doesn't look like it belongs there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? It just looks like a big tube, uh, which makes sense. Cause it was like, you know, toxic and filled filled with that, you know, I'm going to be honest. I still don't even know. What yeah,
2: it it's, I guess it's like fluid. And I mean, you weren't on the episode last week, but it's fluid that is toxic to an embryo. And so yeah. like it can drip into your uterus from the tube. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a pregnancy, it will, it will kill the, right. the embryo and the fetus yeah. toxic to it. And so that was, that's a lot of times when you have recurrent loss or a lot of chemicals, they do kind of look for that.
1: Yeah. So like in this moment, everything is like connecting in my head. Because um, chemicals are really common with hydrocell pinks because it like it makes it so that they can't implant properly. Um, ectopics are very common with hydrocell pinks, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have now had um, both of those. Yeah, I'm like, I can see something here, so I make an appointment with my doctor, and my doctor's like, yeah, that's hydrocell pinks. We need to take it out.
2: The whole tube. The whole tube. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. So wow. then in February I had surgery. I had it taken out. I got a hysteroscopy and did a biopsy. I got my tube taken out in February.
2: Okay. Let me ask you that. So I had a hysteroscopy too. And that was kind of, I know your story is very different when you had to take yeah. a break in May and June, but same with us that we had to take the break for the surgery. So yeah. did they remove the tube with the hysteroscopy or did they have to do a lap or how does that even work? They did
1: both. Um, so they, <laughs> we were joking that we got to look, get, you know, my uterus from the inside and the outside. Um, (laughs) they did the hysteroscopy and then they also did a lap to take out the tube.
2: Okay. And so now you're pretty much, that was probably just last month, right?
1: Yeah, that was five weeks ago.
2: Five weeks ago. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I healed quickly. Well, I actually ended up getting pregnant in the month after our hysteroscopy. Um, but it was a chemical. So like, I'm not like suggesting that. Um, right. So they're still suggesting IVF after you kind of remove,
1: um, we, yeah, we kind of made that decision. You know, we were like, we're not because of the losses. I mean, and we would love to think that it's fully because of, um, hydrosalpinx, but in January we did also start seeing Dr. Dabala. Um, the reproductive immunologist and he found um, some clotting issues. And so, so we know that that is probably not the only obstacle we're working against.
2: With IVF, they can kind of control it a little bit more. That's exactly. kind of for me too, like doing that, like, Hey, can you give me this medicine? And can you monitor me all the time when you're just yes. on your own? You could get yeah. pregnant and it's too late to
0: start. Yeah. And you, can get, you always have the option to get the embryos tested. I know that was a right. huge for us was we wanted yeah. to get the embryos tested. So exactly.
1: And then, you know, I know, I know going into IVF, I'm 31, I'm going to be 32 soon. I know right now we're not in a bad place. My AMH, um, has always been kind of, it, like I said, I've always kind of been like sort of PCOS, sort of not, uh, my AMH right now is like 3.08. So Which I'm like,
0: amazing. Yeah. it's yeah. good. So good.
1: Um, but i'm like you know when we first started trying it was almost 5
0: so mm-hmm. i'm like
1: i would i for like my mental just
2: you know, want to do i it just want yeah. to
1: you know yeah. um because i'm like you know we would ideally love to have more than one child yeah. and i'm going to be 32 we've already had uh, um three that we knew of, we, we did find out later on also that the second month that we were trying, I went in for a beta and they called me and like told me it was negative. And then when I got my paperwork from them, like when I switched to the RE, we found out that my beta was 16.
2: That's (laughs) horrible. They didn't tell you?
1: They said it was negative.
2: I can relate. Oh. To, I mean, I can relate to that. Cause for our IVF cycle that we missed care, when we had a chemical pregnancy, they were, it was 13 and they didn't even bring me back for a second. Yeah. Probably just with like my history, but they're just like, yeah. no, like you're not, this isn't working. But you still I have the right to know. Like I know. Yeah, you absolutely if have your right
1: body. To like I know. Oh yeah. I, and like, that's what I mean. Like there's so many moments where I'm like, I should have advocated and like, I should have known to like, look at the results myself. Um, and now Katie, I'm you
0: advocated for yourself. Like you should be proud of that because oh, you really I mean, did.
1: yeah, I mean, I, I fully think if I hadn't had pushed, I would still have my tube.
0: Yeah, very well.
1: Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's just, there's so many things that I'm like, I will never just take somebody's word for it. I want to look at all the results with my own eyes. And I feel like that is so important for everybody to do. Um,
2: (laughs) I think by you having your Instagram community too, you probably get a lot of information from followers that have either been in the same boat or can kind of help guide you into what to ask. And
1: yeah. And that has been such an amazing, um, thing for me. I've learned so much and like, that has made me able to advocate for myself. And like, I always have, have people messaging me. I had somebody message me and send me their HSG pictures. And they were like, does it look like yours? And and they were like, what questions should I ask? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm obviously not a doctor, but I will tell you what I would say if I was looking at that as my own
0: Yeah, and Absolutely. how I would
1: approach it. So yeah, we were <laughs> like, we've had the four losses. We just, you know, we just don't I'm want to have really now.
2: excited for you and your IVF journey. So when does that start?
1: Um, I start stems next Friday on April 1st.
2: Yay. Oh, my God. oh look, type A, you get to start on the first of the month. That is the perfect. Best.
1: I know, and it's like funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole journey just feels like such a joke, doesn't it? Of course, I'm starting on
0: April. April, so. April <laughs> oh my gosh, I did not even think about <laughs> it. I know
2: Are and they, then, so you're doing it with Derbala, like on a Derbala reproductive immunology protocol,
1: yes. Oh, yeah. that's
2: so cool. I hope you connected with Amy or connect with Amy. I did.
1: I like, and, and some of your, um, episodes I've reached out to some of the people and just been like, Oh, you know, especially the Dorella one. I did reach out to her and I was talking yeah. to her about it. And yeah, I've definitely connected with some of them.
2: I'm definitely envious of her and I'll be envious of you too, to get to do your first round of IVF with immunology protocol, because I I'm think people in the current loss that don't do that. I mean, I'm a perfect example. I did gosh, our IVF. So we started the first July 3rd and I didn't transfer until November 15th. Like, God, that's like half a year. And then I ended up miscarrying it. And it's like, okay, well, should I have like, you know, what should I have done differently? And everybody's story is different, but I'm really excited that you're doing immunology. You have that piece of it. Yeah.
1: I'm so excited. And like I said, like he found things that weren't even on my um, recurrent loss panel.
2: That's what Amy said. And like, for me now, like with my current pregnancy, like the Lovenox, like, I don't know if you're going to go on Lovenox with your clotting, <laughs> but even my OB is like, I don't think it's doing anything. And I was like, well, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, right. so I do it.
1: Yeah. Like okay, exactly. Everybody's like, Lovenox is terrible. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. if that's, what's going to help, I will do it for the entire pregnancy. I don't care. Yeah.
2: It's fine. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're going to do that. And you know, the funny thing is also our retrieval is going to be around Easter. And my, my best friend, when I told her, obviously we, we don't know when it's going to be, but we can kind of Assume it's gonna be around there. My my best friend was like, oh, so it's like the world's most expensive Easter egg hunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I was like, oh I love that.
2: That's really that good. So oh my gosh. Well, I want everyone to follow your journey. So again, that's it's it. infertile girl problems on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Do you have anything else you want to share with everyone?
1: I mean, honestly, the only other thing I feel like is so important to say is ask questions, get second opinions, look at your test results. If something feels wrong, like keep pushing.
2: Yep. Absolutely, I love it. Thanks so much for being with us, Katie. Of course, thank you guys so much.